African football has a new commander-in-chief. That's right, the Patrice Motsepe era has now dawned on the continent. Welcome to the On The Whistle podcast. I'm your host, Zain Nabi. And in this episode, we'll discuss all things Patrice Motsepe. Charting his rise to become CAF president, looking at FIFA's influence in the build-up to the elections in Rabat, and also discussing what Motsepe's biggest priorities are now that he's in office. We have our regulars on the panel today, but to get some more insight on the subject, we have African football insider Francis Gaitho, who's been following the proceedings very closely. Francis makes a number of observations and allegations against CAF and FIFA in our podcast, raising questions on the validity of the elections, and also putting the microscope on the current state of finances at the African Confederation. For the purposes of being fair and balanced, we did contact CAF and FIFA to get their statements regarding CAF statutes and the fiscal state of African football's mother body. But both organizations did not respond to our request for comment. Now, with that all said, it's time for the podcast. Take a listen and do get in touch on social media or in the comments with what you think. As a reminder, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at OTW underscore podcast or reach out to us on our Facebook page on The Whistle Podcast. Now it's time to reflect on Patrice Motsepe's rise to power. Here's our panel discussion. The big talker this week has been Patrice Motsepe's rise to be CAF president. With me, I've got an esteemed panel. We have our regulars, Courtney Fries, former PSL winner with Manning Rangers, and Francis Nkwain, a sports media executive from Yawunde, Cameroon. And our special guest today on the panel is Francis Gaitho. As I've said before, I don't think I've had two Francis on the show before, but uh, Francis is in Nairobi, Kenya. He's a blogger. He's worked in the business side of football and right now works as an analyst. Francis, you have been following the CAF elections really closely uh, from your old Twitter handle at Kenya Football. Um, you have been um, talking about some of the machinations going on in the build-up to the elections. I'd like to start this conversation with you first. Could you rewind for our listeners out there and explain how Patrice Motsepe came to power and what was FIFA president Gianni Infantino's role in that? Uh, we started noticing uh, that they were getting closer last year during the Davos World Economic Forum. And uh, you remember it was attended by Donald Trump, the former president of USA. And uh, Patrice Motsepe accompanied Gianni Infantino, where they gave a keynote speech, and we started noticing that they're strange, but Patrice has not been an outsider. He's always been at every football function, invited as a VVIP. He's always been going to uh, the state house in uh, South Africa whenever, you know, a, a, a dignitary related to football is visiting. So he's not really, it wasn't really a surprise, but it came as a surprise because he had not shown any intent of uh, joining football politics. In fact, we were suspecting that Moise Katumbi was the one who was being propped. Uh, but it turns out that uh, Moise Katumbi was offered Motsepe's particular deal and uh, he couldn't handle it one way or another. And, and so it went to Patrice Motsepe. And then uh, late last year, we had his name popping up. Uh, it was discussed in a Sekafa meeting. Sekafa is the council of football associations from East and Central Africa. And uh, they, were, they were meeting in Nairobi uh, last year and we had his name there being mentioned uh, in the context of that you need to rally behind him. 
uh, yeah, so everything happened uh, very, very quickly um, in between uh, just just in the span of uh, seven months. Patrice Motsepe, a man who has made his money in South Africa in mining. He's one of Africa's uh, richest men. He's a billionaire. Um, he owns the football team Sundowns, who have won five out of the last seven PSL titles in the Premier Soccer League. He's a man who certainly has invested in his club and shown a hunger for success on the field. We spoke about this in a previous podcast. Um, but Francis Geitho, when you look at Patrice, when you look at his rise, um, why is it that somebody like Gianni Infantino would have wanted him to come to the fore? Uh, the intentions may have been very noble because Patrice can uh, can be disqualified. He's not part of the football cartels. Uh, CAF has been reeling from a wave of negative publicity uh, coming in the wake of uh, Ahmad Ahmad's arrest in uh, Paris, uh, followed by a series of scandals, tactical steel, where he was said to have ordered from a phantom company in France, uh, paid uh, millions of dollars to, to buy equipment which was inflated, uh, there were so many scandals and uh, FIFA was feeling the pressure first and foremost because Ahmad uh, being CAF president automatically doubles as a FIFA vice president. And that whole baggage was weighing in collectively to FIFA as an institution as a whole. Um, so he needed somebody, uh, the thinking at the time was that he needed somebody who was not embroiled or intertwined with the current fiasco or malaise that was facing CAF. Um, other than that is that uh, Patrice Motsepe is very wealthy, he's very well connected uh, politically and in the business circles, uh, Gianni feels he can be able to uh, trade that uh, maybe to the benefit of football, maybe uh, Patrice Motsepe can bring and converge uh, his business and political networks uh, to, 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 to benefit football. So I believe then the intentions have been very noble. Uh, to, to to choose or to settle on Patrice Motsepe as a candidate. What may be, uh, how is how they went about it? Perhaps we may have a problem with how they arrived uh, to the point where he was, uh, he was anointed as the CAF president. I think that's a great point. I'd love to open this up to the panel to find out what they think about Infantino and FIFA's role in the rise of, of Patrice Mazzepe to his role. Uh, Francis in your window, Courtney, would you guys like to come in with some thoughts? I'd like to, Zane, um, I've been thinking about this the whole week because it, it, it almost looks like he was prepped for the role. He's got into it and congratulations to him. But I like the way Francis just put it there. He's not part of the football cartels. He's not the norm. He's not what they've had before. He's shown his success with his club locally as well as on on uh, the african continent so why not patrice Mosefe? um uh, so i fully agree with you francis the way you put it there why not him he's a successful businessman he's made his money outside football as well as in football uh he's a very progressive guy i think it'll it'll work well i really do again um to add my own little string to the bow i think um can't argue with what uh, the two brothers have said. Uh, I think the Francis's are in cahoots, and I usually seem to have the same opinion as Courtney. Um, I do think uh, everybody agrees that we needed a, an injection of fresh blood into the space. 
uh, and we need things to be done differently. I think for very long, the, what has held back uh, the administration of the game in Africa is because it's been seen exclusively as a sport. Um, and so it's important to understand that it is in this day and age, it's also a business. It's actually more business than it is a sport. And so the ability to have a person who has business acumen come in to lend their own strength to that bow, that's not to say it turns into a 100% business operation all of a sudden. Um, I think it's really good. What I do think is unfair is the question that you posed when you said uh, Infantino's choice, because I think that is given credit where credit is not exclusively due, because I think there were a good number of Africans who genuinely believed that we needed to do things differently. I think a good number of them also believed that having FIFA involved might be a good way to rally some of those who maybe may not want to align themselves with the need for change. Um, so maybe the frustrations that Brother Francis referred to have a lot to do with the issues around the how, not necessarily the who or the why Mr. Motsepe is where he is today. But I do think the symbolism of the moment that we were able for the first time as a continent to maybe have a leader come to the fore of one of our international organizations where there was agreement uh, there is a lot of respect due to our own institutions as well. We have some political individuals, uh, King, the King of Morocco, for example, uh, the President of, of Senegal. They all played a really important part in the political space with rallying uh, some of the people that needed to be rallied together. And seeing these gentlemen who all had private ambitions of their own also be able to say, I am prepared to defer my personal gratification, so to speak, for the sake of a joint project, I also think is a lesson that we must be able to extract some positivity from. Because a person like Mr. Pinnock, for example, of the Nigerian Federation, was very honest in his uh, declarations, I believe it was at his 50th birthday party, where he said um, he had always wanted to be president of CAF, he's never ever hidden it, but when a person like Mr. Danny Jordan came along and said, look, let's take a look at this gentleman. This might be the type of individual we need for our continental game. He was able to look beyond his own personal ambitions and say, okay, how do we rally people to the cause of somebody who may just be at this moment the best man, best person for the job? And then you have the others like Mr. Anuma, you have the others like Mr. Senghor, who all had their hats in the ring. And their ability to also voluntarily, whether it's through an argument or coercion, whatever it is, but that they agreed not to fight, not to backstab, which is what we're used to seeing all the time. This time around, people agreed to say we shall work together. We shall all lend our own little bit of effort to the common cause. I think it's really something uh, we must compliment. And the person at the head of that, I think, is, is a man who could really bring a lot of change with the support of a sister, a queen that we have, a sector general of FIFA, who I think doesn't get the credit she deserves for having orchestrated something, having worked within CAF when she was sent in to oversee for six months how the house was. I think her vision, her understanding of it is what maybe informed FIFA as to why a person like Gianni maybe needs to be a bit more involved to rally people to the cause. That's my thought. Francis, I'd like to keep this 
conversation with you going because I think you've made some amazing uh, points. And by Francis, I mean Francis in uh, Yawunde. Um, there are people out there who will say that Patrice Masepe has been brilliant in his funding of Sundowns, but has never shown acumen as a football administrator, somebody in the cut and thrust of the daily business, somebody who is aware of the issues that are on the African continent. And also, he's not really played a role, uh, or he's not played a role, if we're honest, in the South African Football Association turning themselves into a power on the continent. Um, there's another perspective that as a businessman, he could bring in fresh ideas, a fresh look. He has the connections to business. Um, when you look at the pros and cons of somebody like Patrice coming in, he's not your traditional football administrator. Um, how do you how do you uh, look at what impact he can make in the role? Personally, I've never really believed very much that it's uh, a prerequisite that you should have ran a federation for because it has to be a question of success. So if a person has been involved at national level for 40 years and their federation isn't anything to really celebrate, then all of a sudden they're a better candidate for the job because they've been involved in the game. We could have been involved in a lot of wrong things for a long time. That experience is not necessarily beneficial towards change. I think he's been involved in the game. But most importantly, and more than most, he's actually put his money where his mouth is and where his heart is. So he's run the risks that a lot of others in the administrative space don't necessarily run. It's okay to have a job where you're paid. Do well or not, you're in a, in a job. It's another thing when a person dips their hands into their pockets. The approach to it is very different, and that's why I touched on the point about the business and the sport. And I think when you have individuals who understand the underlying fundamentals to the modern game, come into the administrative side. I, I want to believe in the Rabat Pact, what was agreed on last week prior to his election by a claim, was an understanding that different people have different skills. So an ability to bring on everybody along on this journey, the people who have the administrative capacity, the people who have an institutional memory, let's say, or understand how the house operates, the ability to have the people who understand grassroots football, but those who also can carry the game to its next stage. And I think that rassembleur element about Patrice Mosepe's candidacy is what I think makes it a lot more palpable to people like me who may take a dim view of the way, the, the process, so to speak. But the fact that he's rallied around him, people who have those competence that we were looking for, so it's not an either-or, it is an all-inclusive one, means that within his team, not necessarily within the individual, within his team, he will have the prerequisite competence, which is, I believe, how he ran Mamala de Sundowns. He wasn't the coach, he wasn't the GM, he, it was his team, but he put the right people in the places that they needed to be, for that team to be successful nationally and continentally. And I think that's a fine enough example on which we can go by to say, here's a man at least who knows how to rally the troops to a cause. Well, uh, thank you, Francis, for those comments. Um, I was looking at, uh, you know, especially how he got to be the CAF president. Uh, we, we don't dispute his credentials. We don't dispute 
uh, his achievements with Mamelodi Sundowns, but you know, democracy, you know, the process determines how people are going to run and Africa is very diverse. It's a continent uh, divided in very many blocks uh, as regards to languages and geographical patterns. Um, and, and democracy will, uh, if, if the democratic process is uh, suspended at some point, then uh, we, we, we may have or we may begin to witness some uh, friction. Um, he has the right credentials, but or, 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 you know, even before he, he's begun his tenure, he's, uh, he's commenced it with uh, some illegalities. For instance, uh, the appointment of vice presidents was very illegal because any amendment to the CAF statutes needs at least 30 days to be distributed by email to member associations. Uh, they did that uh, overnight and uh, they created uh, two extra vice presidential slots, which is, in a, is an illegality. And if any member, any member association can go to the court of arbitration for sport, they can, uh, they can literally determine that the election or the elective assembly uh, was in gross violation of its own statutes and uh, everything passed there was null and void, including his presidency. So um, we, we, we have to follow the due process to ensure that Confederation of African Football is compliant with all the global best practice standards. Um, you know, and then, and then we moved again. Uh, he, he hosted the executive committee meeting yesterday where they appointed uh, Veron Mosengo Omba from FIFA as a secretary general. Uh, from, you know, he had promised us that he's going to be running CAF in a very professional and accountable and transparent manner, but not recruiting uh, the secretary general competitively uh, is the first signal that, hey, this, he's already reneging on his promises, which I listened to uh, for five hours uh, when he was launching his manifesto. Uh, when we cannot be, uh, we cannot be saying one thing and doing the exact opposite, uh, you know, we cannot be preaching transparency and accountability and then flouting our same words and expecting that to run a very cohesive and efficient uh, organization. Uh, that's that those are my problems. And uh, back to where you were talking about heads of state uh, being involved in his uh, his his candidature and how all the other candidates step down. You know, there's a lot of flaws in it because there, there seem to be a lot of friction. Uh, and, and what we want is real unity. We don't want people who are coerced or people who are blackmailed or others who are enticed. Uh, all of those three are very, uh, what can I say? They're they are, they are very cosmetic. Uh, they, can, they can easily fall off uh, depending on, on, on the interests of the day. And building a house with such a shaky foundation uh, may result in more crises in the near future because don't forget we have very many interests. We have very many people who've been locked out, who uh, who are making a lot of noise as regards to being left out of their appointments in the vice presidents. All all signaling a lack of uh, consultation and uh, you know the thirty day period which I was telling you about earlier, which I hinted earlier. And uh, from that, I'm, I'm already seeing bad signals emanating from a good candidate. And that's the contradiction, which uh, that's, the, the, that's the elephant in the room. If I may just uh, interject on that particular point, I think you made extremely valid points. Um, I do not contest that the fr frustrations we all share with the how, 
will simmer with us for quite some time until we understand the depths of what's happening. What I was touching on was our ability to extract positivity, not to see it as positive, but to extract positivity. The ability to say, okay, for once, we are seeing ourselves being able to say we can rally around an individual for the sake of something bigger than our personal ambitions. So again, the personal ambitions do not disappear. So if somebody had believed that they were going to be vice president, they of course will still say to their friends today and tomorrow and next week that I take exception to the process. But we must give some benefit of the doubt to be able to say, let's try something else out. Because the other way we have worked previously for the last few decades have not reaped the fruits that we have hoped for. So the other process was not exactly exemplary. So whilst it may have been democratic, which I do not believe it was, but let's say it was, um, we still had this challenge where Francophone or Anglophone Africa, the English-speaking parts of Africa, had felt extremely left out of the processes of CAF. It's one of the arguments with why the office was in Cairo, uh, why the language, the, the almost official language of working CAF is French, because the leadership has come from Francophone Africa. And even in the candidacies that were being presented, uh, I couldn't, for one, mathematically understand why there was always this slant. But it was always because the people who had chosen to go into the bureaucratic space that governed football were not necessarily the best people in football. This is the challenge we have across board, whether it's in our political systems. We have people who run for parliament in our political structures who are not necessarily the best brains or the most competent, but they put their hands up. And then we, we get angry afterwards when maybe amongst them, uh, a lesser of evils is chosen to lead. And then we say, oh, but if you knew better or you think you can do better, then put your hands up and step in. And I think that's the real democratization of the game. It will be our ability to understand how the executive committee can become more accessible to the people who have a genuine interest in the furtherance of the sport in our space, but understanding its context today. So I think for me, the benefit of the doubt is he's just started. The only thing I can take that I think is really positive is I saw Africa rally round. However they got there, they agreed on the decision, including creating new posts. Even Cameroon enjoyed having a new... Uh, Vice President of CAF and Mr. Seydou Bombo Joya, who 48 hours or 24 hours before had been banned from even running because he, his election in the Cameroonian Federation was being contested. So, but to be able to have speedy judgments, to be able to arrive at consensus, however we get there, everywhere in the world, the same thing happens. It starts with a will. And I think this time we saw the desire to want to have a united front. Yes, it's fragmented, but for the moment, it's together. And I think as they work hard, and I think that's where the business part of him will come into play. He's not, if he's not delivering, he knows that shaky foundation will have him crumble. So I believe there will be a greater onus on him and his team to ensure that they deliver great enough change for us to be able to swallow a bitter enough pill in terms of the process. I hear both points, excuse me, from Francis and Francis, um, both valid points as well. The thing that's what I feel from my point of view is a decision was made. He got to a point, a decision needed to be made. And like the businessman that he is, this is who we've been, the country has employed. 
I mean, the continent has employed. He went in and made a decision. Now, it may not sit well with many people how the decision was made, but this is a successful guy who makes decisions. Um, so the other thing that I'm, I'm actually very proud of is just the way the election process went. You know, I, I can't remember, and please correct me if I'm wrong, where people, and I think Francis and Francis Gaito and yourself as well, Zane, you've touched on this, where the candidates have stepped aside to make a decision for the embitterment of CAF. This is the candidate we're going to go to. People are going to move into different roles, and then he is the one that has come forward. Um, I, I cannot remember when something like that happens. Every time an election happens, and if we just go into FIFA, you know, the first thing that comes up is money laundering, um, illegal um, conversations that shouldn't be happening, that are happening. Well, in this point, Francis touched on this last week. They played a football match together, took a picture together. They were all around each other making a positive step for CAF. I really hope this works. Uh, he is not, as Francis Gaito put it earlier, one of the cartels of before. I hope it is a positive move. Gentlemen, that was a really illuminating discussion and brilliant to hear the different perspectives um, that exist out there because those are the thoughts that our viewers will have, football administrators will have, and people around the world. As we sort of look to tie a bow on this conversation, I'd like to ask everyone on the panel, what should... Patrice Motsepe's top priority be? Is it CAF's finances? Is it the AFCON? Is it uh, a possible Super League on the continent uh, now that he's in office? So what is our president's top priority when he goes into office and begins his four-year term? Without a doubt, the problem in CAF has always been and will always be structural uh, reforms. Uh, that should be his priority. And this is what is worrying me about Patrice Motsepe. He's not speaking about reforms. I don't know whether it's strategically to, to avoid antagonizing other people who might feel, uh, you know, targeted by any kind of reforms. I don't know whether it's deliberate or it's, uh, you know, uh, I'm not too sure because I'm not feeling uh, the, 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 the narrative from his side uh, talking about uh, reforms. And... Let me tell you, CAF's problems have never been financial. Uh, before uh, Dr. Issa Hayatou uh, left office, he left it with uh, $125 million, uh, a cash reserve of $125 million, and a commercial agreement with Lagardere uh, for $1 billion, uh, spreading over 10 years. So I'm you know, finances have never been the problem. The problem has always been reforms and people not even following their own statutes. For instance, uh, CAF has never, uh, like for the last three years, the finances have never been read at the General Assembly by the head of uh, finance, who happens to be the president of uh, Morocco FA. Uh, they've not been submitting uh, accounts, they've not been circulating them in time, they've not been submitting them at the Congress for approval, and they've just been operating on autopilot all this time. Uh, you see the prudency and financial uh, strictness that is required to manage a, continent, a continental body like CAF uh, have not been adhered to, and you will remember that FIFA uh, sent 
Fatma Samura, the FIFA Secretary General, to car for six months between 2019 August and 2020 January, where she commissioned uh, an audit through uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers. And they unearthed a $24 million uh, loss, uh, loss of money. No, uh, to, to add on to that, last year, December, uh, there was an executive committee meeting where a $17 million loss was declared. Uh, you can see the problem has not been having the funds, the problem has been managing them transparently and accountably. Uh, and if you don't, uh, if, you, if, if Patrice Motsepe doesn't go straight into uh, structural reforms and uh, enabling the, 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 the prudent use of resources, uh, no matter how much money he's able to raise using his clout as a, as a businessman, even if he's able to raise $5 billion, uh, if it will come within the same uh, structure where uh, the finances have been pilfered by the political arm of CAF because all of this is happening because of the, the, the bad politics and the intertwined and the intertwined uh, management between the political arm and the executive arm. So for as long as that is still existing, for as long as we have weak checks and balances, for as long as uh, the compliance uh, department is being uh, overseen by politically appointed people, who uh, who then uh, owe their loyalty to the people who to the appointing authority? Uh, we we will always be facing this problem whether Motsepe is there or not, and we should not glorify an individual. We should create structures which uh, can last through a lifetime and posterity. Uh, and I'm not hearing that coming from uh, from I'm not hearing that narrative coming from him. So I'm a bit uh, uh, skeptic. Um. I, for one, I agree with you, Francis. I think the structure is extremely important, but I think the heart of the structure is finance. Um, your ability to recruit competence, your ability to align competence is rooted in what your financial proposition is, for starters. But before we go into that part, I think the assumption that is being put there, why I think uh, Mr. Mosepe doesn't need to particularly express himself directly or indirectly on this particular point, the assumption that is in place is that he is coming from a different space, meaning the way in which he operates already will mean there will be a need to align the entirety of the house so that it functions the way a business would function. That's the only way he could sit at the top of that food chain. So I think even in the initial recruitment phase, which is where he is um, bringing in other competence via that ballot box that we saw um, uh, a few days ago, the interest at that point in time is to have the competence that has been, um, the symbolism of it also being in Rabat, where, as you say, the finances of the house uh, are controlled within that federation, also speaks to an ability to understand exactly where the house is at present, because the person hosting, and the finest federation we have in terms of grassroots football at present happens to also be Morocco. So they have some best practices. And there are some things that I know from some of the conversations I've had with some of the people involved that um, certain things are not being discussed strategically because it's, it will put certain people on uh, mallet ease. Um, the people who are at the front and center that we are also throwing stones at is FIFA, who also has for the first time the privilege 
of having true inside knowledge because of the time Madame Samora spent in Cairo. She wasn't operating the affairs of FIFA from a distance. She was actually based at the offices with a mandate to be able to see everything. So there is a true comprehension of where exactly the boat sits on the ocean. And now it's simply to have a person who will have the hands on the wheels to steer the boat to safer waters. So I think the things that need to be in place, whether it's the conversation around the Super League, which is something which when we just started off our conversations during this period and we were talking about a Pan-African League and I was saying I'm a big fan of, it's interesting to, to hear those kind of things being discussed by Africans or being at present being muted and being said, oh, okay, what will we be doing? Is this one of the options? How to refinance the structure of an AFCON? Another conversation we've had on this pod, whether it's a four-year cycle or two-year cycle, and he says it needs to be a two-year cycle at present, that's the cash cow. That's maybe that brings in the money that will allow the house to function. But like you rightly said, if the house is right and the money comes in, it won't serve much of a good purpose. And I do genuinely think that at this point in time, and I throw this out there, his ambition goes beyond CAF. That's my opinion. Because I think uh, in a few years' time, he could be the gentleman who maybe could be Africa's candidate for the office of president of FIFA to replace an Infantino. That's my opinion. I may be wrong. And therefore, at the heart of that will be the need for legacy. And I think uh, when we understand that, then you kind of understand that people don't want failure. So they will do their best to ensure that things are, are, are done properly. So that's, those are my, my thoughts on the matter. And if you look at his manifesto, Francis, that's the third point on his manifesto that he talks about. The structures of, of, of running CAF financially secure. He, it's the third point on there. So he does recognize, the, recognize that this is an important point. Um, but are there going to be big noises about this happening and being corrected? Who knows? I have to come in here as we round up the conversation, gentlemen, and I know that you need finances to run your organizations and your businesses. But Courtney, something um, you had spoken about in a previous podcast on Patrice in his uh, bid to be president was nothing mentioned around how fans are being taken into account. And on this podcast, we've rightly gone and ventilated the subjects of finances and good governance. But do you feel that that's something that the president should be looking to introduce into um, his his charter and his key points as he takes office? Well, well Zane, th there is no greater asset to a club than its fans. No greater asset. I I don't care about the manager, even the players. I'm not interested in that. The fans are the life, the life of the club, the life of the country. They have to be taken into consideration. And as I said to you, knowing the manifesto was mentioned at all, what he then does now as as CAF president, we hope every move he makes takes into consideration the fans on the continent to make CAF better as well. Gentlemen, thank you for our own unofficial CAF Congress here. Francis Gaitho, certainly really interesting listening to the points you've made. Uh, Francis in Yawunde, as always, uh, very smart, very good points. And Courtney, let's not diminish your role too. Thank you for your fresh perspectives on this. Gentlemen, um, we wish Mr. Patrice Monsepe well in his new positioning as 
our leader of the confederation and we hope that this is the dawn of a new era on our continent thank you for the discussion